It's Friday, February 16th, 2024, and I'm Dave Sobel. Three things to know today. Google and OpenAI accelerate their AI development, introducing tools that write code and generate dynamic video content. Remote work opportunities shrink as companies increase in-office days, a ring-over report finds, and our Friday big ideas around AI. Historical context, job displacement, and how to capitalize on it all. This is the business of tech. With as many breaches and security concerns as I report in this show, it should be obvious that cybersecurity is not just about technology, but also the human expertise needed to interpret and respond to complex threats. Huntress is focused on elevating SMBs and MSPs around the world. Huntress has a suite of fully managed cybersecurity solutions powered by a 24x7 human-led SOC dedicated to continuous monitoring, expert investigation, and rapid response. And the proof is the execution. Huntress is the number one rated EDR for SMBs on G2. Want to know more about the platform? Visit Huntress.com slash MSP Radio to learn more. A significant upgrade that didn't take long. Google is launching Gemini 1.5, an upgraded version of its large language model with improvements such as a larger context window of 1 million tokens and using the mixture of experts technique. Gemini 1.5 aims to be a powerful tool for businesses, allowing for larger queries and more personalized context. The model will be initially available to developers and enterprise users with plans for a consumer rollout in the future. According to a recent Bloomberg report, Apple plans to launch an AI tool that writes code, similar to Microsoft's GitHub Copilot. The tool is expected to be released this year and will be available for iOS app developers. Apple is also working on AI features for iPhone, iPad, and macOS. OpenAI announced Sora, an AI model that can generate realistic and imaginative scenes from text instructions. It can create videos up to a minute long while maintaining visual quality and adherence to the user's prompt. The model has a deep understanding of language and can accurately interpret prompts to generate compelling characters and scenes. However, it may have weaknesses in simulating complex physics and precise descriptions of events. Sora is a diffusion model that uses a transformer architecture and builds on past research in DALI and GBT models. According to a JumpCloud report, nearly four in five IT admins believe that AI adoption will positively affect their organizations. However, almost half of them express concerns about the impact of AI on their job. Younger technologists are more worried about their career outlook in the age of AI compared to older workers. Why do we care? Model development is moving crazy fast. In coverage, I noted that Gemini's larger queries can handle the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. And you know someone's done it. So far, these key players are Microsoft and OpenAI, Google, Anthropic, Meta, and Dark Horse Apple with AI models. On top of your existing vendor management, this is more to track. A shortage of skilled workers for tech roles is increasing competition in hiring per reporting in Computer Weekly. AI, ML, data, cyber, and cloud skills are in demand, but lacking. Competitive pay, benefits, and flexibility are important factors for tech workers. Tech hiring has been fluctuating due to the pandemic, but is now increasing, focusing on increasing headcount in the first half of 2024. 
Axios notes that managers and employees are using ChatGPT to write performance reviews, finding it helpful for the daunting and monotonous tasks. While it saves time, users emphasize the need to review and edit the AI-generated responses. Generative AI and performance reviews aims to improve the process and focus on growth and development. However, it's important to note that AI-generated content can be recognized and should not be solely relied upon. According to a report by Ringover, remote work jobs are becoming harder to find, as in-office days at major U.S. companies have increased from 1.1 days per week in 2021 to 3.4 days in 2023. The U.S. also trails behind its major peers in remote work, with only 11.5% of office-based roles being fully remote. Despite this, a survey conducted by Ringover found that nearly two-thirds of respondents would take a lower salary to continue working remotely, and 85% believe all remote-capable jobs should be remote-first. A recent congressional hearing challenged the productivity and efficacy of remote work policies within the U.S. Department of Interior. However, evidence presented by Mark Green, the department's chief human capital officer, showed that telework had not only preserved productivity, but also enhanced it. Studies and reports have consistently shown the positive impact of remote work on performance and productivity, challenging traditional beliefs about the effectiveness of in-person work. And Business Insider echoing some of my sentiments, enforcing big companies' return-to-office mandates may push workers towards startups and small businesses. These smaller firms are more likely to offer remote work options to avoid expensive office leases. Research suggests that RTO mandates can negatively impact employee morale. Disgruntled workers seeking more flexibility may find opportunities in smaller companies, which can compete against larger corporations by attracting and retaining talent. I also wanted to highlight another Axios piece about the confusion around the new norms for taking sick days. With the shift from remote work to the office, tensions arise between employees who are used to working through illness and those who will want to avoid getting sick. Changing norms and the threat of layoffs may discourage workers from taking the necessary sick days. In schools, rules around staying home when ill are also changing, contributing to chronic absenteeism. The U.S. lacks national paid sick leave policies, further complicating the issue. Why do we care? There's a whole story here about building great company cultures, changing employee expectations, and the ongoing balancing act between productivity and flexibility. In a tight hiring world, take advantage of your agility by offering more. Then ensure you can clearly define your policies around sick days and encourage workers to rest up rather than return. Even the federal government is struggling with this issue. And be careful with those generative AI reviews. Maintaining human oversight is essential to ensure the personalized and nuanced evaluation of employee performance. And here are some Friday big ideas. In Literary Theory for Robots, How Computers Learned to Write by Dennis Yi Tenen, the author explores the history of chatbots and their predecessors, tracing the blurring line between authors and the tools they use. From medieval Arabic divination circles to 17th century German cabinet makers, Tenen discusses the parallels between past literary robots and today's AI. The Washington Post Review noted that while the book may be confusing at times, it offers reassurance that the current AI moment is part of a larger historical pattern. 
MIT Technology Review 2 noted, we've been here before, exploring the historical context of concerns over technological unemployment and drawing parallels to the current fears surrounding AI and job displacement. It highlights the distinction between the impact on industries as a whole and the effects on individuals, emphasizing the need for a grounded understanding of economics. The article argues against the notion of a jobless future. It emphasizes the importance of using AI to expand the economy and create new jobs, while also calling for responsibility and consideration of workers in the development and implementation of AI technologies. Donald Clark writes that the idea that AI will only augment jobs and not replace them is a lie. AI has already displaced jobs in various industries, such as print advertising, bookshops, and retail. It has also led to losing jobs in translation and online learning. AI technology will have multiple impacts, including job augmentation, job losses for non-adoption, gradual job losses, job automation, the disappearance of legacy companies, and the creation of new jobs. The timing of these impacts is uncertain, but they will happen. Middle management and graduate jobs involving text production are at risk. Human exceptionalism should not be overestimated, as AI is competent in various cognitive tasks. Computer Weekly examines the potential for making money out of generative artificial intelligence in the channel. Gen AI is seen as a game changer that can turbocharge digital transformation and provide new opportunities for the channel. Use cases for generative AI span various business functions, including sales, marketing, HR, and operations. However, there are risks, such as data privacy and security. The channel can take advantage of generative AI by preparing clients for AI adoption, creating custom AI solutions, offering AI integration services, and providing user education. As the technology evolves, more use cases, certifications, and partner programs are expected to emerge. An article in Forbes discusses the differences between public AI and private AI. Public AI is accessible to anyone with an internet connection and is built by researchers and developers who share their work openly. Private AI, on the other hand, is designed for data privacy and security and operates on confidential or proprietary data. The article highlights the customization and data sensitivity benefits of private AI and the collaborative and innovative nature of public AI. It also mentions the potential for an enterprise AI infrastructure combining both benefits. Why do we care? I prefer this section to be more about alternative opinions, so I'll leave you to ponder. I'm adding a podcast to my schedule with a live show on YouTube and LinkedIn on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. We'll cover some of the show's big ideas in discussion format, so your weekend thinking will be augmented by further discussion. It'll be available immediately on YouTube, and the show will drop in this podcast feed on Saturdays. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Thanks for listening. Today is National Almond Day, National Tartar Sauce Day, and National Caregivers Day. 
but don't combine those. Have a question you want answered? We're taking listener questions. Send them, ideally as a voice memo or video, to question at mspradio.com. I'll answer listener questions on that live show each week on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and LinkedIn. If you got a comment or a thought, put it in the comments in YouTube or reach out on LinkedIn if you're listening to the podcast. This week, there's a bonus episode dropping in your feed on Sunday. Luke Diaz gives insight into SaaS metrics, customer churn, and how it will impact IT services. It's a day off on Monday, so I'll be back again on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. The Business of Tech is written and produced by me, Dave Sobel, under ethics guidelines, posted at businessof.tech. If you like the content, please make sure to hit that like button and follow or subscribe. It's free and easy and the best way to support the show and help us grow. You can also check out our Patreon, where you can join the Business of Tech community at patreon.com slash mspradio, or buy our Why Do We Care merch at businessof.tech. Finally, if you're interested in advertising on the show, visit mspradio.com slash engage. Once again, thanks for listening to me, and I will talk to you again on our next episode of The Business of Tech. Part of the MSP Radio Network.